Thank you. You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking, you're always looking for and finding the good, and we have good in abundance today. Get ready to get your world rocked by one of the more interesting, inspiring people you've ever had the pleasure of listening to. This is going to be transformational, because you're going to learn about your what. What did you say, Barry? You're going to learn about your what. And remember, this show, The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy, is all about one person and one person only. And that is you, Y-O-U, because you tuned in because you care the most in the entire world about you, which is great, by the way, because when you're the best you possible, make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love. And you tuned in because you know that on this show, we work with the three fundamentals of life. And when you use those three fundamentals of life, you will be happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? And I just got to tell you, at this very moment, you are joined by 348,613 people around the world who tune in every week. And I really am deeply humbled and honored and appreciate that you do that. And not only that, but you tell other people, your family, your friends. So by the time we bring on amazing Steve, we'll have probably 365, 366,000 people all leaning in and listening and being transformed. So. Let's just go right forward. The three fundamentals of life, of course, are, number one, life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens. Now, in this case, a good number two, you go MAD. Now, MAD is a wonderful acronym that stands for make a difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference in the world. And the third fundamental is to unlock the power in the secrets of everyday words and terms. Everyday words and terms. Simple example. Right now, this show, of course, is being carried over the internet around the world. And if you ask anybody, what does WWW stand for? Invariably, it has to do with the internet. Internet. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for what a wonderful world. And what a, is a word, right? W-H-A-T-A. -A. You're going to learn about that today. <laughs> And of course, whenever you hear the opening bars of that song, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong Satchmo, what do you do right away? You can't help it. You smile because that song has touched not just tens of millions, but hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the world. Now, SMILE is an amazing acronym and a word that when you internalize, utilize, and leverage, you'll find that it means the following, seeing miracles in life every day. Seeing miracles in life every day. Now, I got to tell you, thank God I'm back doing in-person events these days. Recently, I did an event with 1,176 people, no masks, a lot of hugging, great energy. And I'm telling the story about Barry Shore and talking about seeing miracles in life every day. And some people raising their hands and say, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, I've been up for hours already. I've seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? 
Can you stand still? I can't do that. Can you walk? I can barely do that. Do you have water to drink? Do you have food to eat? Do you have a place to sleep? Do you have family or friends? Every single one of those is a miracle. And what's the proof? Simplest proof of all. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. By definition, you didn't. If you're watching, you're listening, you're here. So you have an obligation to live life to the full. And that's really the key. So imagine the following. Standing up in the morning, hale and hearty, that's me, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening be in the hospital totally, completely paralyzed. That's right. Not an automobile accident, not a spinal injury, a rare disease which I never heard of the day before took over my body and rendered me what's called a quadriplegic, completely paralyzed, neck down, only can communicate with blinking my eyes. 144 days in the hospital. I was two years in a hospital bed in my own home. I couldn't turn over by myself. I was four years in a wheelchair, had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand, but I still can't walk up a curb by myself. I can't walk up a stair by myself. And I've helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but you hear my voice. Positive, purposeful, powerful, and planet. It's all because of one word, smile, seeing miracles in life every day. I get to tell you a quick story. My eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago and says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? I thought about it. Smile, smile, sounds the same. Why not? I asked her, how come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life out of the mouth of an eight-year-old. But what was she doing? She was creating the kind of world she wants to live in. Now, create is a wonderful acronym that stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. It's how you think about things, what we call the ability to shift perspective. Matter of fact, it's the title of my latest book called Oh Shift. And I got to tell you, in four decades of working with people, 97.2% of the people drop the F and shift and the other stuff happens. You got to be F and careful with your Fs. It's shift perspective. And when you do that, these six words come into your being. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you choose to respond in any given situation makes all the difference in your life. Now, I got to warn everybody in advance, those people who knew, and our guest, Steve, that I do use a lot of four-letter words. I even use the four-letter F-U word because it's fun and for the shock value. Now, of course, the four-letter words that we use are, because we live in the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, words like love, life, hope, free, gift, Swim, pray, play, hand, mind. <laughs> and the four-letter F-U word is fun. That's right, F-U, capital N, capital N. Now, some people out there say, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, fun's only spelled with three letters. Not in our world. The world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, when you see your family and friends, you have a twinkle in your eye, a smile on your face, remember what that stands with. Point your finger and say, F-U, everybody. And then remember to add capital N, capital N, right? And say, where'd you get that? I said, I listened to Barry Shore. He wants to teach the world to F you. And it will open up dialogue. You say, what were you talking about today? What was going on? And then you'll begin to inform them of the transformational stuff that you've been learning. So get ready. Now, before we bring on Steve, I just want to urge everybody to use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day for the rest of your life, because we'll help you, your family, your friends, and all living beings. These two words are, of course, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks stands for to harmonize and network 
kindness. The Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, I read in his writings, be kind whenever possible. And it's always possible, he says. Now imagine you go into your, your coffee shop, you order a fancy latte, and you sit down, somebody brings it to you, say, thank you. Go to the coffee shop, you order a fancy latte, you sit down, a couple of minutes goes by, nobody brings you, go to the counter and say, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot, we're busy. You go back, you sit down, another minute goes by, somebody brings you, still say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out. Somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. You're in traffic, you're late for an appointment, somebody cuts you off. You say, thank you. You get up in the middle of the night and you stub your toe and it hurts. You say, thank you to harmonize and network kindness. Kind is an amazing word that stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. I can't think of anybody right now that I'd like to share with you that inspires noble deeds more than wonderful, amazing Steve Olsher. <laughs> Steve, please say hello to 366,223 people around the world. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I um, I can only hope to just be able to bottle that uh, that energy and, and what you have there because uh, if I could figure out how to bottle that, I would uh, I'd be able to solve the world's problems because I'd have enough money to do anything that I wanted. We could change the world together, Steve, when we learn how to bottle it. Right. And remember, I know. I know. Just got to squeeze, squeeze that right out of you somehow. That's uh, you, We can do it. We can, well, that's why we're together, because there is nobody more capable in the world of what I call podcasting and touching lives and making a difference. He is truly a madman. He makes a difference in other people's lives, his life, the wife of his family. And he's really a change maker. And that's why I'm so honored and humbled that you're here today, Steve. And we're going to, if I start reading to people all the things that you do and have done, it would take the rest of the show. So I'm just going to condense it into three points, three data points. Number one, if there are several people that can be called the progenitors of the whole podcasting world, you're one of them. Um, and I, think, I think I should say thank you. <laughs> you may say thank you. Okay. Uh, and by the way, one of the other ones is Joe Rogan. So you're uh, in good company. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. The, the, and again, there's another one, an amazing man who used to run Westwood One. He just passed away a few weeks ago. And um, he started Podcast One when with Adam Carolla. So Adam Carolla is another. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Norm. Norm passed, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, right. Norm. Norm, Norm was an amazing guy. Oh man, so, that's sad. I uh, I did not get the memo on that one. That's a bummer. Yes, it. Um, he was relatively young for his age. He was only in his like, late seventies, early eighties. But yeah. he's dynamo. But you yeah. and Joe Rogan and uh, Norm really brought forth what was beginning to happen. But you made it hit and blossom and grow. So that's just one of the things you've done. <laughs> you've done many other things in your different incarnations. And we want to just say WTF to you. What the fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And, uh, and I gladly accept. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so let's just jump right in and talk about something that has set you apart over the decades. Uh, and that is what you did when you wrote an interesting book, an inspiring book, a transformational book, by the way, with a great website, but asking this wonderful question. And the question is, what is your what? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great, you know, it's, it's a, a riff on that talking. About, by the way, I told Steve that today he looks a little bit like Steve Zappa. So if you're Frank watching Zappa. this, yeah, yeah. if you're watching this, you got Zappa on here. And Zappa was, a, you know, an amazing musician, really set the world on edge and, and at one point. But if you're only listening to it, you can see when I said that, Steve is smiling. But yeah. because what what is your what is much like the question of, gee, why am I here? And things like that. But he did it in a different riff because that's him. What is your what? So it's a fabulous book. It's a great website. Um, you know something, Steve, with your permission, actually even without it, uh, I'm going to play the video that's on the website. May I do that? Absolutely. It, Please it's do. It's one, two, three. Actually, maybe one, two, four. Yeah, one, two, three. It's one minute and 23 seconds. So everybody get ready. I think I can handle this. My engineers have cheated up. All I have to do is hit a button. So here we go. You're going to get a big sense of what is your what. One, two, three, go. Okay, I'm applauding. Now, I got to tell everybody, if you are only listening, so you heard upbeat music, and if you missed it, you can just go to what is your, actually, here's what you do. Go to barryshore.com, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E, go to barryshore.com. Everything about Steve Olsher is there, and you can access the video and his website and all kinds of other stuff about him. Uh, I mean, if you had the opportunity to be watching it while you're there, you saw a number of influential, earth-moving, earth-shaking people on the screen. Everybody from Mother Teresa to Abraham Lincoln to the Beatles. And you said you had words on the screen. And the words were basically the idea of what is the one with a capital O-N-E amazing thing that you were born to do? And he used the words gift, he used the words legacy, he used the word fire. So, okay, Olsher, O-L-S-S-H-E-R, let's just start riffing. And tell us, what inspired you to move the world with your what is your what? And what is the, what is your what after you get through telling us? Uh, you know, I mean, look, man, it's a, it's a great question. I just believe, you know, without any question that one person has the power to change the world. Right. One person has the power to leave uh, a legacy for lifetimes to come. And ultimately, that person is, is you. Right. So 
for many, many, many years of my life, I've kind of struggled with the question uh, of why am I here? What is it that I am naturally born to excel at? How am I, you know, uh, like what are my gifts, so to speak, right? And what is it that I do uh, in my own unique way that makes me unique from the other, you know, billions of people who walk this planet? So it's been a question that, you know, I've, I've struggled with, really. And in author land, uh, they say that you write the book that you most need. And so for me, this, um, this really was uh, uh, more of a labor of love for myself to try to figure out if there was a, a framework that I could put into place that would be easy enough to follow uh, to really help me figure out what that gift is. And then more importantly, I'm a, I'm a man of implementation. Um, so I really am, am very practical when it comes to frameworks and things that I create so that people can actually implement the teachings in, in a way that's easy to remember uh, and also in a way that, that, you know, is truly impactful. So, you know, you're a man of God, obviously. Um, and I'm sure that you can relate to the, the notion of I'm, I'm not so egotistical that I believe that the words that came through me to the keyboard and onto the page are actually my words. I, I think that I was a, a channel um, for whatever that message was uh, when I wrote the book back in, in 2000. And, um, I mean, the first draft was 2012 and then revised in 2013. Um, but, you know, 10 odd plus years ago, uh, those words just really flew through me from the ether, so to speak. And, uh, and, and, and ultimately, uh, I think what came out of that that channeling uh, provides a, a pretty powerful framework for helping people not only discover what their core gift is, uh, but then also the primary vehicle that they will use to share that gift with the world and then really help them hone in uh, on the people that they are most compelled to serve. So it's a combination of the gift, the vehicle, and the people that make up the what is your what framework. And... You know, your gift is going to be pretty much stagnant throughout your whole life. But the, the vehicle that you use to share that gift and then the people that you're most compelled to serve, those two elements can certainly change over time. As my, my friend Brennan Bouchard would say, as either new things come out of you or new things come into your life. And we never know what those things will be. We just have to be open and ready to receive them. So this is, first of all, wonderful transformational gift that you've given uh i want to share with you gift is a wonderful acronym you ready for it godly inspiration facilitating transformation godly inspiration facilitating transformation okay. that's your gift and yeah. what you've done is you share it with the world. Now, share is wonderful acronym also. This is what we do. We love words. And we love finding the positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant essence of them. So share stands for spreading happiness and rejuvenating energy, mm. which is what you do. One of the things that I like most about your book, Steve, is that you use these words and it's true. You've found, again, coming through you, not from you, proven processes so that when one finds, begins to search for and touches the, the, the mind that's inside of the mind world, that you can show proven processes to bring it out. 
That's what I love about the book and the whole gestalt of the movement. What mm. is your what is really opening up and allowing somebody to implement, as you said, when you begin to, to touch your gift. Yeah. That's the genius of it. You're a cog, sir. A cog, when people hear that, they think of just a small piece in a big machine. Well, yes and no, because without that one cog, the machine doesn't work well. And cog stands for channel of goodness. Mm child yeah. of God. That's who you are. And that's what you've done with what is your what. And you, ask, you, you say, discover the one thing, that one thing that you were born to do. Yeah. So in your case, what is the one thing that you were born to do? Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's more organic, it's more fluid, uh, it's more evolutionary. Uh, I think, it, you know, if we just look at that one thing you were born to do, it's, it's really all about understanding what that core gift is, right? And the one thing that I was really born to do more than anything uh, is enroll people into whatever the vision is uh, of, of what at the moment I want to bring to fruition. So, you know, the one thing I was really born to do is to enroll people. You know, for others, it may be to heal. For others, it may be to entertain. Uh, for others, it may be to protect. Uh, others, it might be to teach, right? I mean, whatever those things are. Um, but, but for me, I, I'm a natural-born uh, enroller. And, um, and, and it's a gift that I have applied in, in, in myriad ways over the, over the years, from uh, opening up a nightclub when I was 19 and enrolling people into that vision so that I could raise capital. Uh, in order to to do so, um, you know, we're sitting here. Actually, my wife and I own a, a funeral home in San Diego, so I'm sitting here in our funeral home, uh, and you know, we have to enroll people in in the vision of why they should come <laughs> here for their family and for us to care for their loved ones uh, more so than than some of the existing uh, options, right? So. Enrolling uh, in, in ultimately boils down to what is my current vision around what is the vehicle that I'm that I'm looking to enroll people in, and then having clarity around then who are the people in that moment that I am most compelled to serve. So I want to discuss in detail after the break the funeral home because it's so fascinating. Let's be blunt: funeral home equals death. And you are the embodiment of life. And I, would, and I would actually argue that a funeral home equals life, right? Because when you think about religion in so many different ways, and I know we got to take a break, so you just tell me when. No, no, we have, um, we have a few minutes. So um, when, when you think about what, uh, what a funeral home represents, I mean, and you think about how the different religions talk about death, right? How do they refer to death? They, some people refer to it as the afterlife, right? And you look at people who are... Um, perhaps uh, of the Christian faith who are, who are baptized, uh, you know, rebaptized and born again, right? Like it's there, there is an opportunity for a, a real uh, rebirth, right? And some people talk about uh, reincarnation and what well, happens. Let's, let's say this, let's call yeah. it, let's call the funeral home that place of transition. Sure. Now, by the way, that's an acronym for pot. You're a pothead. Uh, and and I am. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, but it's place of transition and yeah. transformation. And well, let's put that on over here because I would like to discuss for the moment, uh, actually not for the moment, for a few minutes, uh, what you did and have done and are still doing in the podcast world, because you did something that 
was truly transformational. You were out there, and I use this in the most positive way, preaching to people, anyone who will listen, this is changing the face of communication. That's what really, that's what podcasting is. It, on the simplest level, it's radio on steroids. It's radio on the internet. But you understood that radio on the internet, ROI, is really how do you ROI it? How do you get a return on investment of one's time, one's energy? In my particular case, I use my time, my energy to sure. bring people who are transformational beings. I've interviewed, thank God, some remarkably famous people and, and bringing their, their energy to touch other people because it's really, this show is not about Steve Olsha, great guy, or Barry Shore. It's about you, the one watching, listening. What is it that we can be of benefit to you to serve? So I want you to spend a few minutes, if you would, and you were deep in the podcast world. You brought out a magazine, and it wasn't just a magazine. It was really good. As a matter of fact, it bordered on the great. And by the way, I was in your first issue. Yeah, you, I remember. you know, you may not know that. You know that I was in the first. Of course, issue. I know that. Okay, thank you. I was in the first issue, and I got a great story and such like that. But I was honored to be in the first issue, and it just it touched so many millions of people. So, yeah. tell us what you did to bring about your again preaching from the stage, touching many thousands of people, and urging them to become podcasters. Yeah. So. I'd been uh, I'd been made aware of podcasting back in 2009, Woo! And, and at the time, uh, I had a, a brokered radio show called Reinvention Radio, where I would buy airtime uh, in order for the show to be heard on uh, on local AM radio. And it was a small station that I was on, uh, and I remember, uh, you know, it was like 1,100 bucks a month or something like that that we were paying for the airtime. And I remember thinking. So, okay, you know, get my voice out. Here's some, you know, connect with some people. Maybe they you know, end up enrolling some products and program services, you know, whatever it might be. It was an opportunity for marketing, lead generation, et cetera. Uh, but also, you know, to really sit down with some interesting people and, uh, and share their stories as well. And I just remember thinking, man, you know, if, if somebody's not in their car or at their house at this particular moment in time, and they're not tuned into this particular station, meaning they have their radio on, well, I guess that's the second step is, you know, they, they've got to be in their house or their car or maybe walking around with a Walkman. They have to have, uh, you know, uh, an interest in radio at that moment. They have to be on AM and they have to be on this particular channel. And it has to be within the, the reach of this particular signal, which was not a huge station. You know, it's like the smaller the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you're, you know, maybe you have a, ch a chance to talk to 12 people, you know, whatever it might be, <laughs> even even in Chicago. Right. And so I was just like, yeah, see the, you know, the ROI on that is not great. And I heard about podcasting and I said, hmm, so I can pretty much do what I'm doing now, but I can release this show on the internet and anyone with a connected device can access the show anywhere at any time when they want to access it. It's just like, and, 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 and it costs me nothing to do so. Like, yeah, this this is something I need to be exploring. So uh, 2009 was the first year that I released an episode of Reinvention Radio. And after that kind of went on and off and on and off a bit um, and got to be pretty consistent with it around 2015, where every week 
we were producing three or four shows. Um, and so at that point, I think there was, um, I think it was about 200,000 shows that would show up on the, on the directory. And around 2017, I started getting the idea for helping people launch their own podcasts and, um, and figuring out how to be a guest on, uh, on other people's shows. And so I started an event called the New Media Summit, where we would give people the opportunity to pitch top podcasters on who they are and what they do. Uh, and they would literally get booked on their shows on the spot. Now, that's, that event went on to be responsible for, for well over 10,000 bookings. Um, but at the time that, that we were there, uh, I remember preaching to everyone, you know, hey, you, you got to launch your own show, not just be a guest on shows, but launch your own. Uh, and there was about 425,000 active shows. And so uh, today, you know, that number is about 5x that and it's become a much more competitive landscape. But uh, but yeah, any, anyone who would listen, I was I was preaching the importance of getting their own show and go. And uh, I mean, really actively preaching that starting around 2017. By the way, it's so important. Anybody who's listening who is even in some remote way inclined to think about doing your own show, I am here to say, do it. Because just as a book, publishing a book, I don't care if it's self-publishing or published by the most famous publishing company in the world, it doesn't matter. Having a book makes a difference in your the way you are presented to the world. Right, Steve? That's Having sure. a podcast is the same thing today. So if one has a book, if you don't have a book, have a podcast and you know something you might not even do it well the first one two three ten twenty fifty times who cares <laughs> it's the ability to do what steve advocates yeah. steve Olsher advocates what is your what the one amazing thing you were born to do and then you can articulate that to the world whether you're doing a 15 minute podcast 30 minutes or 60 minutes doesn't matter but start thinking about and articulating the what is your what. And the one thing, one, by the way, I just made this up, Steve. I'm just doing this right on the spot. Stand, the acronym for one is opportunity knocks every day. Yeah, that's good. Except the, uh, you know, knock starts with a K, but we'll let that Wait one Wait a minute. You know, I was wondering if you were going to do that. And I said to myself, no, Steve is smarter than that. He doesn't fall into that trap. No, it's not profound. at all. It's awkward. That's why I said it, by the way, that way. Opportunity knocks every day. So you have to think about knocks. That's what the one is. So everybody get ready. Buckle up. We're honored to have uh sponsors for the show just a few minutes i urge you by the way of course to you know patronize the sponsors because they make everything happen but don't go away there's more steve olsha coming when we come back and he's going to talk about more about transition of life about living life to the full being married for 25 years and all of the wonderful things that he's been able to experience with what he's done as again one of the the progenitors of the whole podcasting world. We'll be right back after this brief message. Don't go away. Opportunity. What an opportunity. I'm going to use two four-letter words right now. Free gift. Free gift. Yes, you can have a copy of my best-selling book, The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy, the ebook version for absolutely free. All you have to do is send an email to me, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at barryshore.com. And in the heading, the subject line, just write, free gift. <laughs> it's as easy as that. This is a life 
changing life, enhancing opportunity. Barry at barryshore.com. You'll be glad you did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Free gift. Do it now. Take the action. Make it happen right now. Best wishes. Bye. Imagine the kind of place you would want to shop for your favorite fur baby pet. Honestpets.co. Well, you found it. Honestpets.co. Not .com. .co. This is your go-to spot for the best, the cleanest pet treats that exist anywhere on the planet. All of the brands go through a rigorous review to make sure they meet the high standards of cleanliness, health benefits, and naturalness. This site was started by a husband and wife team, and it's veteran-owned, and that care about pets, especially dogs and cats, and coming soon, bird treats. These are very nice young people who really care about making a difference because a portion of proceeds go to support veteran organizations with a focus on service dogs. This is the place where you want to go. You want to tell your friends this has the finest, yummiest, freshest, all-natural treats and stuff for your fur baby. So go there, honestpets.co honestpets.co. Do it now. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Maybe you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. We have good in abundance. Our cup runneth over with good. In the name of a person called Steve Olsher, O-L-S-H-E-R. Everything you want to know about Steve, you can find at my site, www.whatawonderfulworld.barryshore.com. B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E.com. Everything about Steve is there, and there's lots to know. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a uh, renaissance man. He's done many things, and he's had his ups and downs. Actually, let's talk about that, Steve. Mm -hmm. Because you've been through stuff. Now, I've been through stuff. Shit, I'm, going, I'm going through stuff right now, man. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about stuff. Look, I woke up in the morning uh, fully capable. In the evening, I was paralyzed. My neck down changed my life. You've been through stuff on a mental level. I'm a mental health wellness activist. I work with people who are on the edge of stuff, depression and things like that. Tell us some of the things that you've been through. Oh, man. I... Um... I am, I am definitely someone who suffers from depression. Uh, I have suffered from depression for um, a very long time. I mean, for as long as I can, can remember darn near. Um, I mean, on the business front, uh, there's been more failures than I, than I care to admit. Uh, I had a company that was ready to go public in March of 2000. Uh, that's, of course, when uh, NASDAQ and everything else imploded. Had to walk away from that and, uh, you know, just an extraordinary amount of time, energy and resources invested. Uh, had a pretty good thing going in real estate, over $50 million in property around 2006. Uh, and then, of course, that market imploded 2007, 28, 29, ended up giving more properties back to the bank than, uh, than you know, I currently own. Um, and, uh, and, and most recently, um, there's been other challenges along the way, but, you know, the sort of the... The highlight of challenges is most recently, um, uh, back in March of uh, 2022, became pretty clear that uh, I am a full-blown addict that has been an addict for uh, for about a dozen years up until that point. I'm sorry, uh, what kind of addict? I didn't say what kind of addict. I just said an addict. Because I'm an addict also. I have an, I'm an addictive personality. 
I've been able to channel my addiction into swimming. Mm. I was a quadriplegic. The way that I was able to regain some of my physical abilities was through aquatic therapy. They put me in the pool for sometimes three hours a day, three, four times a week. And after a number of years, I was able to learn how to swim. Mm. I still wear adaptive devices on my legs and my hands. I use a snorkel, but I now swim two miles a day, six days a week. Mm. And I've been doing that for almost 14 years. Wow, that's impressive. And I'm addicted to swimming. I think about when I'm going to swim, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. So what is it that you have as part of your addictive personality? Yeah, so there are addictions that I think fuel us and are good for us. Uh, and there are addictions that are distracting, that are coping mechanisms that help with emotional regulation, um, adaptive child issues that uh, so many of us contend with. Uh, and that, you know, frankly, uh, are, are addictions that can destroy, right? Addictions that can destroy us personally, can destroy uh, the people who are around us, even those who, who we love most dear. So, uh, so for me, as, as much as I'd like to say it was uh, an addiction to something positive, like a physical activity such as swimming, uh, this, this was a, a, a not so great addiction that uh, the scariest part is, um, I didn't even know I was an addict. Uh, until everything kind of cracked open uh, about a year ago now. And when you did realize and admit, are you now able to confront and work with and be better for it? For sure. Um, I mean, the amount of guilt uh, and shame and anxiety and, and stress that goes hand in hand uh, with addiction, um, I mean, it's, it's palpable. And to, to not be really um, in control of your life and not realize that you're not in control of your life uh, has such a, an incredibly detrimental impact on a day-to-day -day basis in ways that you, you don't even realize. Uh, are, are impacting you. And so for me, um, as someone who seemed, I think, to most people to really have my shit together, um, I mean, inside the, the, the struggle, the turmoil, the strife uh, was, was literally eating me alive, but in such a way um, that I was almost a character in my own story. This is really... Um fascinating in the most wonderful sense because it's real you're able to admit it and to work with it and i want to make a big shout out here and that is to your wife your wife lena you and she are married now 25 years it is not not only not easy it is as difficult as one could imagine to be married and to someone who doesn't even know that he or she, in this case, he, you, was an addict, distracted, and incapable of really admitting to yourself the truth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's, I mean, marriage in and of itself is, is a beautiful, oftentimes wonderful proposition, right? There, there's no doubt about that. It's also incredibly challenging 
in so many ways to to just maintain a marriage that has true intimacy, true openness, honesty, vulnerability, and isn't just simply a, a, a sort of a, a, a coupling of, of people who are going through life together, but actually people who are going through life together in a way that is magical. And, and what I have seen is, is that there are so few couples and LTRs and long-term relationships that have a, a magical, beautiful, open, honest, vulnerable relationship. They're good at going through the motions. They're good at, at being with each other, but it's the difference between being in something that is good uh, and being in something that is, that is truly great. And so, you know, it's, it is unbelievably challenging to maintain uh, a marriage of, of any length, let alone one where so much of, of what is going on in terms of the inner, uh, you know, sort of the, the way that um, the way that the couple interrelates, where there is addiction present, but it's but it's present without knowledge and it's present without understanding. And so at that point, especially at the point of, of, of discovery, it can really make you question whether or not anything that you've shared together has ever been real, both for yourself as the addict and, of course, for the person who has been in relationship with the addict. And this, this last year, um, in so many ways, has been the most challenging of my life. Uh, and also in so many ways, the most beautiful, because I have never at any point in my life been so willing to actually feel the emotion, to be willing to actually just stand in the fire and, and not try to escape. And so many of us look for that escape whether it's through drinking, whether it's through smoking, whether it's through physical exercise, whether it's through, you know, kind of just, just walling off and, and, and clamming up, whether it's literally through going to a different place when things get too difficult, standing, you know, learning how to stand in the fire uh, and really absorb what's being thrown my way. Um, is a lesson that I, I never really learned. Even as a literal fighter who's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I never learned how to emotionally fight in a way that was productive and healthy. It was always about escape. It was always about shutting down rather than opening up. Uh, I want to just touch briefly, uh, mention two things first, and then we'll touch briefly on something. I am amazed at where we're where we are in this discussion because i i had no idea i was i, I wanted to sure. talk about steve Olsher and other things and podcasting and that and i am humbled and honored and touched that you're willing to be this vulnerable and this open about your own humanity uh, the fact that you have a black belt in some particular martial art i mean let's be blunt very few people get to that level it's a dedication. It's a focus. And yet, as you said so eloquently, it was really an escape. True. 
And when you, we played the video before and we're talking about what is your what and it's upbeat and it's this and it said, discover the fire that's in you. And now you've brought it into a different perspective. And I'm going to say these words, a much more important, real and beneficial perspective, which is to stand in the fire. Mm. See, it's one to be on fire, especially on stage. I mean, I'm going to go back to the Osher that you can go and search on YouTube and you see Osher on stage and he's talking about this, he's doing that, and there's that guy out there. Yeah. And yet that was not, it may have been the Osher at the time wasn't the real Osher. Oh, no. Yeah, I've been doing this personal brand stuff for since basically 2009. And so uh, any of the stage stuff that you would that you would see is is absolutely in the epicenter of addiction of addiction for me right yes that's what i'm saying yeah you, so when you just gave over now a different image again if you're not seeing steve's face it's okay but i'm just letting you know that to watch him now is so real it's as if this mask 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 has come down and when, even the dog agrees. Even the dogs agree. Great. Hold that. Hold that thought. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, by the way, dog yeah. is very funny only because if you're dyslexic. Hey, come here. Ani. By the way, anybody who wants to know if podcasts hey. are real and not made up, so this is a proof that. Hey. We don't stage anything here. here. Hey, <laughs> We're talking about real life. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're dyslexic, you know that hey. that was planned because dog backwards of God is part of course. Hold on, they're nuts. Okay, let's let's remove the dog, please. Right. I will I will mute that for a second. Hold that thought. Okay, we're holding that thought. Well, I'm going to be speaking while Steve is uh, doing something to maneuver and make sure the dog is uh, not going to speak again. Again, let's talk about this. The image that you just shared, and I'm urging everybody to feel it and hear it, is not being on fire, which interestingly enough is wonderful. It's great because it gives over the being, but it's more about standing in the fire. Being able, by the way, I'll say this. I think that may have been one of the things that Tony Robbins tried to get across in his fire war, fire walk situation, mm. and but I'm not sure it actually came across that way because everybody was focused on getting across, yeah, as opposed to what I think he wanted to do was tell everybody you want to be able to stand in the fire. People could walk across the coals, yeah, and I say this with great love and respect to him. That was an escape. Hey, look what I did! I did that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Be able to stand still in the coals for let's say three, four seconds. Nobody's going to do that. No, because that would burn. For sure. Yeah. And when you sure. say right now about the ability to stand in the fire, and not only not be weakened by it, but we literally be engaged and encouraged by the fire. It's what we call an annealing process. You know, you put the the pottery in the kiln and fire up the kiln, well, that's how you make pottery. Yeah. And then when it comes out, the way you test pottery is by hitting it with a hammer to see if it makes you know. 
if it doesn't wasn't done well, it cracks, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. now in the fire. So I again I'm saying something to you, Steve, that I, I had no idea where we were gonna go with our discussion. Uh, yeah. let, let's talk about the funeral home for a moment because it's of a piece, interestingly enough. You were kind enough to give me more a direction when I said funeral home dealing with death, and you were kind enough to guide me a little bit and say, look, the way you're approaching it is not that. It's funeral home is another part of the life process, certainly, by the way, for many, many people, because let's say you have a deceased. That's one person, right? Well, a deceased probably has another 5, 10, 20, 30 people that he or she was deeply attached to in the family. Oh, yeah, for sure. So really, the funeral home becomes now the focal point for the life transition process. Isn't that interesting? It does, So yeah. you're right. So yeah. what is unique about your funeral home? Well, I mean, first and foremost, we're a family-owned, independently, you know, operated. We're an independent, family-owned and operated funeral home. My wife and I uh, are here together. Uh, there, there's not a lot of funeral homes that are owned by women, first of all. My wife's the majority owner. Um, and there's certainly far fewer that are owned by women who are also uh, minority. Uh, and, and so my wife is not only MBE, but also, of course, WBE. So that's, that's number one. Um, and then in San Diego, oddly enough, um, there hasn't been a new funeral home and mortuary built here uh, in almost 60 years. So there's a lot of folks um, you know, that have been going to the same places for, for decades. And then there's also a lot of people who move here from other places. And so they don't have allegiance to particular places. And when they pass, you know, they're going to need someone, which, of course, then opens the door for us. Um, but really what makes us unique is you know, we've got, um, we've got uh, a huge facility here that can accommodate even the largest of services. Our chapel will seat almost 200 people. We've got a banquet uh, area on site, private indoor parking if people need it. Um, but we really do everything across the board with the utmost care, compassion, and intention because our clients, our families aren't, aren't just numbers. We're not here just trying to crank through, you know, as many things as we possibly can. Like we, we truly do look at our families as members of our own family. And so whether it's through um, traditional burial and cremation, uh, or more eco-friendly options like green burial uh, or even water-based cremation, which is a fairly new technology that has come. You know, come By the way, this is, you, let me uh, pause for a second because I just realized there's uh, something I just saw recently about people composting themselves, as it yeah. were. I mean, they yeah, don't do it themselves, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Composting is a new thing as well. Uh, and you start to see, uh, you're starting to see more states legalize that as, as well as water-based cremation. So. Um, you know, we, we do sit at the front edge, sort of the cutting edge, if you will, uh, of all the new things that are going on in the funeral industry as far as technology is concerned. Uh, but of course, also honoring all of the traditions and the customs uh, and all the, uh, all the just the beautiful elements of the funeral industry that has been in, uh, you know, around, of course, for millennia, really. Is your home on a cemetery site or the home is separate and then people go where they want to go to be yeah. better? Yeah, so we, we work with cemeteries. We do not actually have a cemetery here, uh, but we, you know, it's a non-denominational facility. We work with people of any or, or no religious backgrounds, veterans, members of the LGBTQ community, 
um, you name it, we've, we've worked with them uh, and continue, continue to do so. But no, we, uh, we partner with uh, the cemeteries that are in and around uh, all of San Diego County. So we can, we can literally go anywhere. Fascinating. And when did you decide to go into the funeral home business, as it were? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my um, my wife has been in the industry for uh, about 13 years now. So oh, so she, her family is was in the business? No, nope, not her family. She just had a calling from a very young age. Uh, she lost her parents when she was very young, uh, and she's just always been very enamored by the industry. So now this was this was a calling for her, and she went back to mortuary school when she was 40. Uh, after raising our kids and after a career as a Chicago public school teacher, um, she went back to school and really uh, reinvented her her whole life um, and her whole career. So, no, this is our first place. Never had family in it, um, and um, yeah, we, uh, we we took about three years to get open with COVID delays and construction delays. Wait, so, wait, so you didn't buy an existing facility; you Correct. built a new facility. Correct. Yeah, we, we created a brand new facility here in uh, in San Diego, and um, and it's been uh, an absolute labor of love. But uh, I knew nothing about the industry coming in. Uh, but fortunately, you know, my wife is licensed in both uh, California and Illinois uh, as a funeral director and embalmer, and so she's had a ton of experience in the space, and that uh, was always her dream and her vision to to have her own place. Well, I got to tell you, Steve. <laughs> first of all, I'm just so happy we're talking. You've always been a treat for me. Uh, I had no idea where we were going to go. Talk about from the what is your what to standing in the fire, to vulnerability, to the real humanity, 25 years married to the same woman. Now you're in the funeral home industry. But really, as you pointed out, it's you're really in the life business, the transition. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to even tell you this, but our time has come to a close at the moment. No worries. I want to ask you three quick questions. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Number one, will you come back again? Uh, I don't think so. Only because I'm not doing interviews nowadays. This was a special exception here uh, where you asked me. I just felt like, you know, this is something I wanted to do, but I'm really not doing interviews anymore. But would you tell people again that this is an exception? You did this for Barry Shore? I did this for Barry Shore. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I appreciate, again, your honesty. Okay, number two, you have 80 seconds only to answer this question. You ready? Sure. Steve Olsher, what is your most fervent desire? Uh, my most fervent desire? Um, honestly, it's to, to really understand who I am without the filters, without the preconceived notions, without the, the, the self-judgment, um, and really just get back to the core and to the essence uh, of how I'm naturally wired to excel. And to do so, I have to be willing to be um, incredibly raw and real and vulnerable and authentic in ways that, uh, that I've never been and, and done before. So that's, uh, that is my most fervent desire, is to develop real, raw, vulnerable, honest, open relationships uh, with everyone and anyone in my life. And I wish you great success at it. Thank you. Three, may I give you a hug in front of 367,819 people around the world? Yes, and you're going to have to do that for my dog, too, who is on we'll my lap. Let, let, me, let yes. me tell you what hug stands for. You ready? Yes. Heartfelt, unlimited giving.
Here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> Remember, everybody, you're listening to The Joy of Living, the humble host, Barry Shore, and amazing guest, Steve Olsher. And this show is designed for one reason, one reason only, for you to become the best you possible, to learn how to stand in the fire. Remember the three fundamentals of life. Life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens, you go mad, you make a difference in the world. And number three is to uncover the power and the sequence of everyday words and terms, like, 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 life, like. love, hope, free, give, smile, seeing miracles in life every day, as my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life, create, causing rethinking, like Stephen talking to us about, and in, in enabling everyone to excel, to be able to say thank you three times a day, consciously and conscientiously for now and the rest of your life because it will make a difference for you, your family, friends, and all living beings because one person makes a difference in the world. One person makes a difference. We call it dog poop. Did you know that, Steve? I did dog not know Dog poop that. stands for doing of good, power of one person. That's what dog poop is. <laughs> and we urge everybody to tell Tell your family and friends what happened today. Barry Shaw wants to teach the world to F you. Remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. So a blessing from Steve and Barry is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Steve, don't go away. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends too. See you on the next episode.